Hey everybody, welcome back to our podcast. This is Murder with My Husband. I'm Peyton Moreland. And I'm Garrett Moreland. And he's the husband. And I'm the husband. Why were you laughing? <laughs> so you said that. <laughs> what do you mean? Why don't we, what do and you... I'm Garrett Moreland. <laughs> it's not my fault my voice sounds like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's been such a crazy week for us, you guys. I was so happy when today came because I just feel like I was finally able to relax and do something I love which is true crime in this podcast. I feel like this was heaven sent this week yeah. for me. No, it has been busy. We've both been working a lot this week, so yeah. it's been pretty crazy. Well, before we start, I just wanted to say a fun fact about, <laughs> about Peyton and I. <laughs> What's so funny? You go. <laughs> oh, man, this is going to be a rough one. <laughs> so I just wanted to say a fun fact about Peyton and I. <clears throat> We're waiting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Peyton and I actually really, really like food. And I know a lot of people like food, but Peyton and I really like food. We just really, we really enjoy food. We bond over food. We've bonded over food since like our second date. Yeah. We, we are passionate about food. Food is like one of the best parts of our day every just, single day. Yeah. We just like eating. I don't know. We just like food. I don't know how to just explain it. So for the future, um, HelloFresh, if you want <laughs> to sponsor us or a Cheesecake Factory or Garrett really wants a, a sponsorship from Cheez-Its. All I'm saying is if any of our listeners have any inside scoop on the cheese it's executives <laughs> i couldn't speak properly then they should let me know because i could eat a box of cheese it's easily every single day yeah and i just like fries and mcdonald's so if anyone knows the mcdonald's ceo um then yeah hit me up because i really just want free fries for life <laughs> okay so i guess enough of the rambling yeah um, a reminder to share on your story or leave us a review, whatever it is. It's really, really helpful to us. Um, if you do enjoy the podcast, um, the exposure that you give us really benefits us in a way that we can keep growing and then we can hopefully do more of these, um, you know, multiple a week for you guys or whatever. So yeah, really, please do that. It really helps us. And also... Our case this week was sent in to us, suggested by someone, and I have a master list put down, but we've had so many suggestions and it's just, it's been awesome. I'm really excited to get to the cases that you guys really want to hear us tell. Um, so go ahead. We got an email and a website. I think oh, that's yeah. new. It is. Garrett built a little website for us. You know, he's so good with his hands. <laughs> I don't know if it's, that's how, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay keep going anyways so we have a website and um a new email so it's murder with my husband at gmail yes correct so go ahead and email us anything you want even if it's just a little gif of someone dancing i'll be pumped so yeah we haven't received any emails yet i mean i'm not offended or anything i'm just saying we yeah. haven't, we haven't we've been checking any it you know every five minutes but no worries but we're super excited to keep growing and we hope you guys love these stories yeah so Maria Harris actually sent this story to us via Facebook. So thank you, Maria. I had actually never heard of this. I don't think sometimes all of those stories I've heard kind of blend. So awesome. So yeah, my sources were um, www.stltoday.com. And this is just like a local news um, site station, whatever for this county or city that this case is from. And they were so good at like, 
doing updates. So I just read every single article they released on the case. So a lot of my information came from their articles, but there was a lot of articles. So just www.stltoday.com. Reddit had some pretty good threads about this, and I'll tell you why later on. And then fox2now.com had a more updated um, news story on this, and I used them as well. Okay. Okay, so here we go. So as we know, or I know, you might not know, but I think you know because I've talked about it, DNA testing has come a long way in recent years. We've seen many cold cases close because of the advancements created, and even notorious killers like the Golden State Killer was finally captured due to new DNA testing. I think we are in a historic era for DNA and crime solving. Let's travel back to when detectives first started using DNA fingerprints and evidence to catch a killer. Rapists left their DNA because... We didn't even know DNA could be collected and traced at this point. Mm -hmm. Fingerprints were only a big deal if you had been fingerprinted at your local station and detectives had the time and energy to go through with a magnifying glass and identify your prints. When a database was created and then eventually a national database created for prints, it was over for the sloppy killers. Those who didn't even think about being caught in that way, like were instantly in trouble when all of this came out. And this is the same for DNA testing. I'm so grateful that before all of these advancements, CSI collected the evidence anyways, hoping that one day it would be useful. I mean, think about it. Like how weird is it that they collected evidence that they couldn't even test yet? Um, yeah no it's crazy and now we have all the ancestry uh-huh. and 24 and me and all that as exactly well. we finally reached those days that all of this evidence is now useful mm-hmm. in february of 2019 lab technicians in st charles missouri were asked to run some tests on dna that belonged to a 25 year old cold case With the advancements that we've seen recently in DNA testing, detectives were hoping to finally gain some insight into a case that had haunted them since the beginning. After using innovative technology to run the bit of DNA they had collected and saved from the case in 1993, 25 years ago, it came back and they had a match. 61-year-old Air Force vet, convicted pedophile, and online child pornography fanatic, Earl Cox would be arrested and charged for the 1993 abduction, rape, and murder of nine-year-old Angie Hausman, all based off of the little bit of DNA that was found in her underwear, collected, and saved waiting for this exact moment. Wow, 25 years later. Mm -hmm. So in 1993, nine-year-old Angie Hausman was living in St. Anne, Missouri, in the fourth (laughs) grade... You can't speak today. In the fourth grade and the sweetest little girl. Angie's mom says that Angie was outgoing and happy. She was ambitious, strived to do good. She was proud of her school projects, which she gave 100% effort to. She wanted to be a nurse's aide when she grew up. She had and made many friends at school and was innocently loving. Just completely genuine, like the sweetest little girl you could imagine. On November 18th, 1993... Angie got off her school bus at her bus stop that was located only half a block away from her house where she lived with her mother and her stepfather. It was a short five-minute walk from her bus stop to her home. Oh, no. Usually, two neighbors watched as the kids all got off the bus, making sure everyone crossed the street safely, you know. 
This day, though, both of those neighbors that usually watch happen to be busy, not able to be there on their front porch watching the kids get off the bus. Oh, so they usually do watch the kids every day. And that's pretty common. Like if you go to a bus stop, there's usually two or three parents there like waiting to make sure all of the kids get off safely and cross safely and all of that. Yeah. It was between this stop and her home during Angie's five minute walk that she was abducted and seen alive for the last time. Angie's mom and dad were waiting for her to arrive home, but as time passed and Angie still wasn't walking through the front door, her parents grew anxious. After 30 minutes, they were genuinely worried. This behavior was very unlike Angie. If she was stopping to play with a friend, she would have come home first and asked. They eventually reported Angie missing and the search for her began immediately. So... Because I never really took the bus to school growing up. I always I always walked to school. Me too. But did parents do parents usually not pick their kids up from a bus stop? I'm just so this was like a suburb, I'm just curious. a suburb area. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And so I think everyone just the bus stopped in a neighborhood, so mm-hmm. it wasn't like a busy street or anything like that. So yeah. everyone just got off and walked to their house that was in that neighborhood. Her house was only half a block away. Yeah, that's true. So. I think maybe if a bus was stopping in like a country road, like we've seen parents come and pick up because there's still a 15 minute walk away from the house or whatever. But this was like in a neighborhood. All of these kids were five to 10 minute walk away from their home, which is basically what you were walking home to school. Yeah. So speculation swarmed as reports of an attempted abduction just 10 days earlier where a man tried to grab an 11 year old girl as she got off her school bus she managed to break free after he pulled her into some bushes he like tried to attack her and she broke free an 11 year old wow. just 10 days before this happened to angie so everyone was like yeah freaking riled out up you know? already This information led police to immediately believe that this was a kidnapping and that Angie's life was in danger. Mm -hmm. Angie was last seen wearing blue jeans, white tennis shoes, and a long pink coat. It was cold. It was like, it was November. Um, She was carrying a blue and white bag and was five feet tall, 65 pounds, had blue eyes, brown hair, and a scar on her chin. Her mom had to actually be given a sedative during this investigation the first couple days after Angie was missing because she refused to go to sleep. She hadn't slept in like three days. And so doctors were worried about her and she was like, I can't go to sleep. How could you as a mom, right? So they gave her a sedative. So she like, cause she was unhealthy, you know? Yeah. Do you know if it was snowing by chance when she got kidnapped? I don't think it was snowing, but it was cold. Okay. The FBI ended up joining the search for Angie, uh, pretty soon, like a couple days in And a police dog tracked her scent from where she got off the school bus up to about halfway home. And then it just vanishes. There was nine days of excruciating searching and investigating before Angie was found. Two deer hunters came upon Angie in a wooded area. If you live near here and are listening, the area was known as August A. Bush Memorial Conservation Area. So trigger warning, I'm going to go into some detail right now about how Angie was found and it's kind of graphic and heartbreaking and it's a child. So skip forward about 30 seconds if you can go on with this story without these details. Angie was discovered in the woods and sources differ on whether she was tied or chained to the tree, but either way she was bound to a tree in the woods. And outside in the middle. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's horrible. She was nude and her hands were clasped behind her back with handcuffs. Her eyes and mouth had been covered in duct tape. 
And because it was severely low temperatures outside, there were actually icicles hanging off of her hair. Her, did you say her eyes were covered in duct tape? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's really interesting. Okay. And there were icicles hanging off of her hair and her cheeks because it was that cold. Yeah. Um, her little body was pretty frail. It had been 10 days mm-hmm. since she had last eaten. Uh, her backpack that she was carrying when abducted was nearby with all of her clothes folded very neatly into a pile, including her winter coat. So whoever did this undressed her completely. Yeah. Um, and folded her clothes, which I thought would. Oh, I just. That's um, horrible. I know. Little Angie had obviously not made it. There was no pulse upon discovery. During autopsy, examiners concluded that Angie was beaten, sexually assaulted, and tortured for days. They determined the cause of death was exposure, meaning that the freezing temperatures and starvation eventually overcame her. And that's how she passed away. Uh. Angie had a strong will to live. She stayed alive for many, many days. But the worst part of this case is that the examiners concluded that Angie had finally let go only hours before being discovered. Okay, so time out for a second. So where they found her... I'm not going to say could they have found her sooner, but was it just... If they had found her sooner. Yeah, but was it just really in the middle of nowhere? Was it... So it was just in the woods. And I mean, they were doing searches. I didn't... Couldn't find how far away from her actual abduction site this site was. I don't know if it was... I mean, I don't think it was probably that close because I feel like they most likely would have found her. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't even the officers that found her. It was like two hunters. This is so, this seems so much different too, because I don't think, I mean, you might've heard a story like this, but where they're tied up outside, that seems so different than most yeah, cases. Yeah. Especially for a child. I feel like, Uh huh. um, I mean, obviously I've seen stuff like this on TV, Yeah. but yeah, I've never really heard of a case of a child being just left for dead. That's cool. basically what happened. He tied her up and then left her to starve and die, Yeah. It just, which is really weird. It just seems so odd compared to, yeah. Other cases, I don't Mm -hmm. know. Like, why not just kill her? Yeah, it it doesn't make sense. So this means, you know, her being discovered very soon after she had died. This means that Angie fought through the violent acts that should have never happened to her. She was so strong. So while all this was happening to her, she never let go. Yeah. She was being beaten. She had, like, cut wounds and stuff. And she held on for a very long time and fought for her life. Um, Although the devastation of this discovery was debilitating to the whole city, police did find a fingerprint on the duct tape, but when ran, um, no match was made. Upon investigating, police discovered that Angie had told her school teacher that she was going to visit a relative very soon. She also stated that she had a friendship with an older man who made her call him uncle, and that was who she was going to visit. When talking to her parents, her parents were like, no, we were never going to visit an uncle. Oh, wow. Soon. So there was like some weird thing going yeah. on where she was making friends with. Um, they kind of say that Angie was very um, talkative. She wasn't scared of strangers. Outgoing, so she did friendly. have adult friends. It's um, interesting when you start talking to teachers and you start doing some I research. Know. There's people find things out that the parents don't know. And it kind of just yeah. blows your mind a little bit. Um, There was some hate on this teacher of like, she said she was friends with an older man that made her call him uncle and you didn't say anything. But I think from a teacher's point of view in fourth grade, you're like, oh, it's her uncle. Well, and kids tell you stuff all the time. Even now kids still say things. You can't blame the teacher for that. 
So even though this information was pressing, nothing ever came of it. They never figured out who uncle was, who this older guy was. Police had lost all leads and were not giving up, but the investigation was definitely dry. It wasn't until December 9th when 10-year-old Cassidy Center was abducted and found later by two pedestrians in an alleyway. She had been wrapped in bed comforters and curtains. Her autopsy was very similar to Angie's that they were like, maybe we have a new lead. Like there's Mm -hmm. another girl in close proximity who we think it might be the same killer. December 9th of that same year. Yes. Okay. This spread fear throughout the community, everybody believing there was a child killer on the loose. In February of 1994, police announced that a neighbor of Cassidy named Thomas Brooks was arrested and charged for Cassidy's death and that the two cases were in fact not related. But what are the chances that you have two child killers that were active in like that close proximity to each other? It was super devastating for Angie's parents and everyone that was like rooting for Angie. Because they finally thought, oh, a new case, which can bring new evidence, new leads that might tie to Angie's, and it didn't. Yeah. yeah. It's also kind of devastating because it was in the same community. Is that what you said? Yeah, it was in a different city, but it was close enough that they were like, this guy could live. Yeah. Well, it's also like, well, who's next? Yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone, it was fear. Like, everyone was running around in fear. Yeah, totally. Parents were. The, the case, Angie's case, sat pretty dry after this. Random abductions of children would happen in surrounding areas and states, which would, you know, flare up a possible connection, but nothing ever stuck. Like, none of the kids that were abducted, they ever could tie to Angie. Uh, why do people do stuff like this? It's just... I know. It's horrible. Police even looked into Angie's stepfather for a while, but eventually ruled him out as well. And that's pretty normal. Like, if there's an abduction, they do look into the parents first. That's, mm-hmm. It's sad, but that's just what happens. During the 25 years that the case sat still, Angie's mother tragically passed away. Even to her deathbed, she worried and hurt over her daughter, never able to see justice served. That's so sad. In 2019, after a cold case unit combed through the evidence and decided to send in a piece of Angie's underwear for testing, they finally got a match they were waiting for. Earl Cox's DNA was a match to that on Angie's underwear at the time of her murder. Earl grew up in the St. Louis area. He had joined the Air Force in 1975, but was dishonorably discharged in 1982 after molesting four young girls that he babysat while stationed in Germany. He was paroled after serving three years and returned home. He was actually questioned twice after by police on other molestation charges and was arrested for one of them, which broke his parole and he returned to federal custody. It sucks that... There really is so many people who've been charged with pedophilia or whatever it may be Mm -hmm. that's like that in the past and they're still out and they're in this world and they're walking around. It's It's bad. Yeah. So he was released again in 1992. So this is his second time, his second offense for molestation of younger kids, of children. Mm Mm-hmm. He was released again in 1992 and returned home to live with his mother, which was in St. Anne, half a mile from where Angie disappeared. It was only 11 months later that Angie was found tied up in the tree in the woods. Okay. Earl moved to Colorado eventually and attempted to meet in person a 14-year-old girl he was emailing as his sex slave but was arrested when the girl ended up being an undercover federal agent. Oh, that's awesome. Go federal agent. So upon his arrest, 
police found 45,000 images of child porn on his computer and discovered that he was an admin of an online child pornography ring. Oh. He was scheduled to be released for these crimes, those ones I just said in 2011, literally why, released again for the third time. I don't, I see, I don't understand that. But due to the Adam Walsh Act, he was incarcerated beyond his sentence, which is known as civil commitment. The Adam Walsh Act, for those of you who don't know who Adam Walsh is, I'm sure you don't. He's yeah. another boy who was abducted and it was a big case and now he's created, the, they've created this act in his honor. Um, this certifies people as sexually dangerous after being reviewed by a panel. So if someone comes up for parole or someone comes up to be released, um, and they get it, they get parole or it's like, yes, you're being released. They then go in front of a panel of like, um, psychiatrists and all these people who interview them and then say, no, they're still a danger and oh, we're going to keep okay. them incarcerated. So it can like, yeah. it can go override that's basically good. and the and the government signed it and everything so it's fine so he actually still stays incarcerated um and he tries to appeal the government's decision to keep him locked up um but he was actually still in federal prison when his dna was matched to angie's case so does it work like they incarcerate him again or they say oh you can't come out how long does he stay there for? Is I it just know. every six months? Is it every year? I don't know. I, I'm I'm guessing what they do is probably just keep reviewing him. Uh-huh. Um, but the Adam Walsh Act was for what you just said is is it's crazy that we have all of these pedophiles out yeah. here that just get out because they didn't kill. Uh-huh. Right. So that's kind of what this is to combat is like, no, there's still a danger. They're not changing. Yeah, child pornography, all that's still gonna Yeah. So he is arrested and charged with the abduction, rape, and murder of Angie Hausman. Um, it's quite confusing how he was listed as a sex offender and lived around the area, like literally it right next door to her, yet was never questioned. He was literally on the list of suspects, and they never brought him in for questioning. That's strange. Um, but the problem is most of the original detectives on the case are either retired or have since passed mm-hmm. so we can't really figure out why they never questioned him like they people literally say he was he was in the hands of the officers and no one ever questioned that's him. weird i wonder if they just got tired of the case and moved on or what i don't know it seemed like they were pretty vigilant like they yeah. reopened it a lot i think maybe you just start overlooking things the police said early on that she knew her killer which obviously wasn't true yeah it was well, random well, no, well, what so, the teacher said, though. Remember? Yeah, but they haven't tied him to that guy. Oh, okay. So, so they're, they're not sure. They're not sure because was. he still hasn't gone to trial and he's not talking. Okay, got it. So I guess he could be uncle. Uh-huh. But from their point of view, they were thinking, no, it's literally someone she knows. So okay. they were looking at people because they thought that she willingly got into a car. Okay. I don't know what evidence they had to draw that conclusion. Did any of the other kids not see her get stolen? No, literally no. And that's the, that's what's crazy. It was middle of the day. Uh, She was walking home. There should have been. There's a lot of kids. Yeah. And there, there's usually two or three parents watching to make sure that the kids are going in their direction safely. I assume it's also hard because if I can imagine myself as a little kid and I see another little kid get taken, 
I think my mind would just be like, oh, that was their parents. Well, and here's the thing is like, maybe that's also why police think they, that she knew him. Uh-huh. Because if a car pulls up and you know him and you get in, you're not going to cause any distraction. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Totally. So Angie's case is not the only case that Earl Cox is currently under investigation for. There's another four counts for different cases that he's facing oh as well. Oh my gosh. So it wasn't just Angie. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, Earl's trial for Angie's case has been set for April, 2021. And that's the story of Angie Houseman, the brave and resilient student. Oh, that's it. It just, mm-hmm. that's so all So we'll know more. So we'll, I mean, I don't know if we even see April, 2021, or if we're still in lockdown and they can't get to the trial, but right now that's when it's set for. So are they going to charge him with the other crimes as well? Um, the April 2021 trial is just for Angie. It's just for Angie. Okay. I'm sure that they'll charge those and, other ones. And how old is he now? Do you know? 61, 61 or something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's gross. These ones the are picture hard. of him is scary looking. Oh, I can imagine. And I'm like, ooh. These ones are hard because little kids are just so... Uh, I just... Little kid ones are hard. I They are. But I did this one because... It just barely, like, it was an unsolved mystery. Yeah. Um. Most of the sources I was reading from were this unsolved case of Angie. This unsolved case of Angie. And then just barely in 2019, they solved it. It just got solved. Yeah. So that's why I did it. Because I want, like, this is just another example of DNA. Like, just freaking knocking out these cold cases like crazy. Like, we're just seeing right now so many cold cases close. So many that these aren't even making the news anymore. Like, this wasn't even, like, top news. I wish that just individuals could, well, I guess they can, but work on these cold cases and, mm-hmm. you know, because so, there, there's so many. Yeah. I know there's like things to work on rape cold cases to like end the backlog of rape because right now there's a whole bunch of people who they have the DNA, but they don't have the money to test it. So mm. old like rapists aren't found, you know, but there's, there's organizations to end that backlog. And I think if you look into your local um, departments, most most places now actually have a cold case department where the all they do is focus on cold cases and i'm sure you can donate to yeah those that as makes well. sense yeah okay oh yeah this one's tough i'm curious to see what happens in april though but um it, it is kind of heartbreaking that her mom passed before that she could see this happen yeah i mean it was 25 years after 25 years they got their answer of what happened to their girl yeah and she wasn't able to see it which is kind of heartbreaking but you know at least there's justice for angie at least civil justice you know i don't know if you 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 can't ever make up what happened no one deserves that to happen to them Mm -hmm. especially an innocent child um but at least now there's some civil justice that we can do here on earth for angie yeah i agree but no yeah that's the case of Angie Hausman. So don't forget to follow us on social media. We're at Murder With My Husband on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We actually have been getting a lot more discussions going on there. Um, I respond to every single DM. So if you have a question or a suggestion, go ahead and leave it there. Also, email us uh, with any like suggestions or news on any cases. We're anxiously awaiting those (laughs) who's gonna be the first one yeah maybe we'll you know give you a shout out or something (laughs) first email that's funny no this is awesome though it's someone i saw a comment the other day someone said i think you're starting to like true True crime crime. it made me me laugh it was funny are you um i i think it depends maybe what type of case 
Really? I think I'm 50 50. I do right feel now. like there's ones where you are very interested. Yeah. But ones like these, they just they kind of make me sad. I'm going to be honest. They yeah. just. Well, I mean, I'm sure they I make would worry about sad. you if they, yeah, I would yeah. worry about you if they didn't make you sad. Um, the reason we cover these heartbreaking cases, I wish we could always just do the ones with happy endings or exciting and movie like. The reason we cover these is because Angie deserves coverage. Like totally. these victims deserve coverage. They deserve to have these stories told and to be, you know, heroes and to, you know, be remembered for, you know, their personality traits and how yeah. strong they were. And, and so that's why we cover. Totally. Yeah. Cases. No, it makes sense. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Okay, well, guys, I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye.